If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Have you been stuck in a toxic situation, in a toxic environment, with a toxic person, a toxic relationship, and nobody knows? When you feel like you are stuck and you can't get out, but you're not able to tell anybody else, or it would look bad if you told people, or wait a second, what would they think? And you're in a silo of like, wait a second, it's just me. Do you ever feel like that? If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change around narcissistic abuse. I'm the founder of Raw Motivations, creator of the NARC app, and your guide to the 45-day clarity challenge. Today, I want to show you a seven-step progression to trap you, to keep you stuck with a toxic person and what's actually going on. We're taking some of those tips and tricks from Psychopath Free. If you guys haven't had a chance to be able to check that out, um, check that out. We've also got on our website, rawmotivations.com, okay? Because an unsuspecting person could fall into the trap of being with a narcissist. You might be in that state of like, wait a second, I'm with a toxic person. I don't know what's going on. And I wanna make sure that you have the tools and equipment to know how to avoid it, to know what's going on so it's not gonna be you. Okay, so diving in the seven step progression. First step, we all know with being with a narcissist, idealization, right? So love bombing, okay? Making you feel the best thing ever, building up the pedestal so you're sitting on top and they're like, oh my gosh, you're the greatest thing ever. And then they swipe out the pedestal and you're like, whoa, what's going on? Okay, love bombing, it's very fast, okay? It's the idea of like, let me do a very fast bond, okay? Let me get with you really quick. So it's like, uh, super glue, you know, it's not like uh, Elmer's glue or like Gorilla Glue where it takes a while. It's like super glue, like boom, stuck. Okay, like that's what it is. Like, let me get with you really fast. Let me build an instant connection. Let me be with you really quick so that you fall fast in love. So that we say love you really fast so that we move in really fast so that you get to the place where you start to think I have found the best person on the planet. So what the narcissist is trying to do, they're trying to create a false persona so you fall in love and so you think, wow, I am with the perfect partner. This person is my soulmate. There's never been a person ever in my life that has matched so perfectly with me. We literally match up perfectly, 100%. We're like, we're, we're soulmates. We're like the best thing ever, okay? And, and that's the idea is through the idealization phase, you get glued together, you get tied together with someone that you don't realize is not the actual persona that you're signing up to be glued to. Okay, so the idealization station, I, I don't even know why I said that. Idealization section, whatever I was trying to say there, the love bombing is very fast, very full, full out of like love bomb, like I'm in love, perfect partner, soulmate, boom. Like that's the infatuation piece, okay? The second thing is you get into the aspect where you share your excitement. Okay, this is natural, right? You want to be able to share your excitement with friends, with family, and the friends and family that you share with, they see that. They see the stuff on social media. They see the stuff in person. They see the flattery. They see the visible show to the world that the narcissist is magically in love with you and to such a high degree. This is where you start to publicly praise them. This is where they publicly praise you. Like everything seems great. It's super high. It's super like out there for everybody to see. Like it feels like amazing. But then number three happens. And that's the slow pull away. 
This is super subtle a lot of times. Okay. Now I know I'm talking to like two sets of people. You have overt, like oftentimes like marriage or moving in, it's like click, boom, you're done. Okay. Then it's also subtle a lot of times where mentally, emotionally, the pull away starts to happen and you become less connected with that person. Communication starts to seem off. Like it just seems like we're disconnected. We're not really like communicating how we used to. Maybe we have a communication problem. Maybe they start to show up late to like different things that you're supposed to meet them to. And all of a sudden you start to notice like I'm getting like ignored. Like I'm getting ignored like due to idealization. Like it used to be like that. Uh, now it's not like that. Like I've been taken off the pedestal. How do I get back up there? And, and, and there's, there's just a thought of like, I don't know what's going on. Like hopefully it comes back. Maybe this is just a season. Maybe this is a time. These are all like the thoughts that are going through your head sometime that's convincing you that the red flags you're seeing aren't really red. They're more like just pinkish and we just need to wash them with some extra bleach and they'll turn back to be like white flags. Okay, so like that's the idea that's happening. There's a slow pull away, it's really subtle and, and oftentimes it's where you start to justify the pull away as it being your fault, a communication issue or like this is just a season, I'll get back to that, okay? Number four, so you have the idealization, then you share your excitement, then there's the slow pull away and here's the thing that starts to lock it in is number four is you still tell others positive things. This is the part where it's almost like a, a cognitive distance of actions, words, of what's going on. And oftentimes people are like, maybe the love that I have for this person and my positivity will fix some of these negative things that I'm seeing. But the problem is when you start telling people a positive thing, when you're getting into a negative relationship, that's when the narcissist, the toxic person knows that you're hooked. They know that they've got you at that point because the negativity that they're outputting versus what you're telling other people is incongruent. And as a result, they're like, this person will deal with this. At that point, they know that you're under. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Their control. They know that a lot of times, no matter what I do, you're not going to tell your friends. You're not going to tell your family. You're not going to tell your church. You're not going to tell people that are going to judge you or condemn you because I know you're now under my control because you're telling people positive things. You're still keeping the facade for me. You're helping the mask of our relationship look great. The hard thing with this is you get into real life and you get into the world out there and you're met with a lot of other couples, marriages, relationships that are also fake. Not all of them toxic, but not transparent. This is something early on in my relationship with my wife is we were going through hard times in our first year of marriage before there was ever any cheating, anything like that. Just hard times. Both only kids. I'm a narcissist, like put the pieces together. It was awful, okay? Like I made it awful, okay? So hard times in the first year of marriage and then all around us, all I see is all these perfect couples and I'm like, their lives are amazing. Their lives are amazing. Like, why would I want to say anything about it? You know, my wife is like, I can't really talk to anybody because everybody else has all their shit together and later down the road, like other people getting divorced, like all this stuff and we're like, oh, like they didn't know what the heck they were doing either. But we put that facade out there for so many people, okay? That's just a society side note or a church side note, whatever you want to label it as. Okay, anyways, that was number four. Number five, this is when the abuse ramps up. 
Okay, so you've told people positive things, you've shared your excitement, now the abuse starts ramping up because you've said positive things when there's negative things actually happening, so that means you will accept it. This is when you start getting more of the silent treatment. When the, the criticism ramps up and it starts getting worse and worse, you start to be called crazy. Now you're hypersensitive. Now you're getting overly emotional. Like now you're having bigger issues. Like they start beating you down in that aspect. This is where oftentimes you'll start to be left alone and abandoned. You're left alone emotionally. You're sitting there crying and they walk out the door. They stare at you like, why would you inconvenience me with your crying? Like that's what's going on. Oftentimes is when you're pleading, trying to get that person to stay because you're like, I, I like, I want this back. Like, why can't we get back? It's just a communication thing. Like everybody else knows it's positive. Like I know it's positive. Like, why can't we? And there's denying reality that's happening here. The hard thing is the longer you deny reality, the less you heal. You see, part of the process that I work with people on a day-to-day -day basis is not getting people to leave. And it's not getting people to, you know, block the other person. Do I think that's healthy in a lot of scenarios? Absolutely. But my goal is to guide you to the truth, to the truth of your situation, of how things were demonstrated, of what you actually know of the story that you're telling yourself. And oftentimes that's the hardest thing is people getting to the place where they realize I've been denying my reality. I've been minimizing abuse. I've been, you know, compartmentalizing this part of my life in reality. Like this is actually what's going on. It sucks. But that means we can start working on it. The problem is, as the abuse ramps up, you continue to deny your reality. You continue to deny the facts and the truth of the situation, and it locks you in even more. So the number six, you get to the place where the, the narcissist, the toxic person, either dumps you or you leave, okay? After the abandonment. After this, you start to put together the pieces. You start to understand, wait a second, this is actually what happened. This is who this person was. I didn't realize this. This is this whole narcissist thing. Like this is brand new to me. You start to realize what's going on and you start to get validated by other friends, family, or other people online that you're like, wait a second, they had the same exact experience. That's crazy. And that's where you start to get angry, frustrated. How could they do this to me? How is this right? How is this fair? All the anger comes out. It's okay. That's natural. Okay. All the anger starts coming out. The problem is... Now we get to number seven, which is the trap, is that no one believes you at this point. Because they've seen the great moments, they've seen you share your excitement, they've seen you still tell positive things even while the abuse ramps up and then you're left there being like, wait a second, if I like tell my truth, if I start to expose this person, then like I look bad. And a lot of your friends and family start not to believe you because he's already built a smear campaign because she's already done this whole idea of like how he's such an awful person. Like it goes either way. The hard part is at this point, oftentimes you'll sound crazy. People are like, you just sound like bitter. Like you sound like, like you just can't handle rejection and like this is how you're lashing out. The goal with this is not to demean anybody who's in any of these stages, but to help people wake up and see, wait a second, a lot of times these stages happen. Sometimes it's different. Sometimes it's different flavors. But a lot of times these stages happen. The sooner you can identify, wait a second, I'm in one of these stages, then you start to know, okay, I need to change something up. I need to reevaluate. I need to view the facts. I need to actually break my false reality and get to the truth of the situation because it's the only thing that's going to set you free. So last but not least, it's important to understand these steps. Today, are you in one of these steps? Idealization, sharing your excitement, having the slow pull away, still telling other people things positive when there's that abuse, the abuse is ramping up, you've been after the abandonment, or now you're in the trap that no one believes you.
If you want extra healing today and extra help going to the next level in what you're dealing with, finding community, and helping progress through this, I want to invite you to join us in our 45-day Clarity Challenge that we run every single month. You can go to claritychallenge.net to see the sign-up period and also be able to start with us the next time we have the challenge go. But it is a time to get community, and it's a time to build on what you're learning here of how am I going to heal, grow, change, and develop, and how am I gonna get clear of staying free from toxicity?